It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. Flying through the week already. Halfway there. What do they say? Hump day? Yeah, no doubt about that. We are at hump day. So welcome to Wednesday. Uh, Hopefully you're having a good week so far. Hopefully the rest of the week turns out to be really, really good. Uh, Excited about today's show. On Tuesday, the Raiders had their OTAs and it was open to the media. So got a lot of good audio that I want to bring to you on today's show. So let me just break it down to you right now. Before I do that, though, let me tell you that you can get this show and all Locked On Podcast Network shows on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. I tell you about it all the time. Himalaya, you can get that in your app store right now. Don't fret, though. Don't worry. You can also get this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify. And if you have that fancy stuff, those smart devices in your car, you can say, smart device, play podcast, Locked On Raiders. Also, want to shout out to Hotels.com and Grip6 because they are sponsors of the podcast, of the Locked On Raider podcast, and they keep us doing what we're doing. So, segment number three, I'll have calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. In segment number two, I'm going to have players that you were able to hear from, and you might have already gone back and maybe you watched the Periscope, maybe you saw it on Twitter, maybe you went to Raiders.com and checked it out, but players that were made available to the media, it was Defensive heavy, so I was pretty excited about that. Uh, linebacker Tahir Whitehead, defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, and linebacker Vontez Burfitt. All three of those guys were made available to the media, so you're going to hear from those guys in segment number two. And then here in segment number one, as I hit you with some news and notes, you know, a little bit of nuggets, not very much because there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, you'll hear from Paul Gunther, defensive coordinator, uh, in just a few minutes as well. So, uh, yeah, pretty packed show, action-packed. Again, calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line coming up in segment number three. You'll hear from Tahir Whitehead, Vontez Burfitt, and Maurice Hurst, all in segment number two. Couple news and nuggets right here in segment number one, including Paul Gunther, defensive coordinator, his media session. But first, before we really get into anything, I want to caution you, Raider Nation, do not get too high and do not get too low on anything that you hear coming out of OTAs, all right? I mean, anything that's going on, don't get too panicked and don't get too excited. You know, it's the, there's always that time when it's like, oh, my God, this player is performing poorly. Like I saw a couple times on Twitter on Tuesday 
Colton Miller might not have been having a great day. And Max Crosby, I believe, batted down a couple of Derek Carr's balls. A couple of times I also heard that they were able to, the the uh, defense was able to get pressure on Derek Carr. And that was with the first team offensive line. But remember, Trent Brown was not there. But either way, it's just OTAs. They don't have pads on. They're not, you know, they're not doing any of that good stuff. I mean, they're they're doing activities, yes, but it's nothing to get too worked up about. I saw people saying, oh my God, Colton Miller's a, no doubt he's a bust. And who knows? I mean, obviously the jury's still out on him. He's going to have to uh, prove it in 2019 that he was worthy of that number 15 overall pick. And maybe he never lives up to that. Who knows? Also, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of reporters and a lot of people tweet out about Tyrell Williams, how well he's playing and how Derek Carr is able to hit him on the deep ball. And people are thinking, man, oh man, the Raiders are going to go back to, you know, checking, chucking the ball down the, the field a lot. And look, they might. That might be the game plan for the season. You know, that might be how this offense evolves. But at the same time, you just don't know. Again, Derek Carr doesn't have live bullets coming at him. So right now he has time to chuck the ball down the field. And yeah, I think Tyrell Williams will also be a really good deep threat. But remember, no pads on. These guys, these defensive backs aren't playing real physical on him. So there's not a lot of things that you should take away from that. So again, my whole caution is... If you see something that's a glowing report about something, like I've seen a few, uh, Derek Carr has been underthrowing Antonio Brown. He's going to do that at first, you know, especially on the deep ball, because he's getting used to Antonio Brown. So this is perfect right now just so he can measure, like, the strength of Antonio Brown and figure out who he is. And Tyrell Williams is the same. How far do you throw it? It, where's the sweet spot for him? You know, I mean, that's what they're supposed to be working on right now. So don't get all worked up about, oh, he's underthrowing him. And I saw my man Bonte Hill, and I got a lot of love for Bonte, but he tweeted something about Derek Carr better get the ball out quicker than that. You know, and it's just like, it's OTAs. It's OTAs. Everyone take a step back. Don't get too lathered up. Don't get too fired up by what you're hearing. Don't get too down in the dumps by what you're hearing. Because, again, it's just OTAs, and they can only do so much. Now, we'll learn a little something in training camp. We'll learn a little bit more in preseason. But until the Bullets are live, until there's another team across from them, and they're actually playing for something that matters, we're really not going to know. How we'll get a good idea of who this team is going to be in 2019, I'm going to tell you straight up. We'll know in the first quarter of the season. The first four games are going to set the tone for the season. And that's not just for the Raiders, Raider Nation. That's for everybody. Because we all know that these teams don't participate a lot in the preseason. And why should they? Why should they go out there and risk their players getting injured? So for the most part, they're going to kind of just ease their way through preseason. So really, they won't be fully functional and fully engaged in what they're supposed to be doing until that first four games of the season, the regular season, when it counts, when the bullets are live. So that's when you'll start to really know who this team is. That Monday night against Denver, you'll start to get an idea. That double up the next night week against Kansas City, you'll really get a good idea. And then, of course, they got the gauntlet. They got to go on the road. You'll start to learn a whole lot more about who this 2019 Raider team is going to be. Again, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to think. It's fun to say, hey, this guy's going to take a step forward, but we won't know until we know. So I I just wanted to put that out there. Don't get overexcited and don't get too down in the dumps by stuff you read on social media, stuff you're hearing out of uh, guys that are covering the team or guys that are there on ground zero, right there where the the team is practicing and participating because you're not going to know until you actually get a chance to know.
So with that being said, the defense, that was what was the focus of the media sessions following Tuesday's OTAs. Defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, he was the first guy up, then followed by linebacker Tahir Whitehead, defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, and then Vontez Burfitt. So you're going to hear from Paul Gunther, defensive coordinator. You're going to hear from him. This is courtesy of Raiders.com. Again, you could have seen it on Periscope. It was out there. Uh, I saw it first tweeted out, and then I watched it on Periscope. Really good stuff. And so I'm bringing it to the podcast because I think it's really important to hear. A lot of good stuff. I took a lot of good notes from all their media sessions. I thought I was only going to play a couple of them, but... All the media sessions were really stinking good. So let's just jump into it right now. Here is defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. This is courtesy of Raiders.com following Tuesday's OTAs. Heard uh, Mike a couple times that you were pretty vocal about wanting Vontez here. What is it about Vontez and me? Well, I've spent a lot of time with him, obviously, in Cincinnati, as both as a position coach and as a coordinator. And anytime you can add a guy with his talent and knowledge of the system, um, when he became available, it was very attractive to us. So it's. Uh, uh, he, he's, you know, he can. He knows that the system inside now. He can get us in and out of calls. I think some of the, the returning players are seeing the knowledge of the system that he has out here on the practice field. So it's good to have him. How similar or what is what you're doing now to what you were doing back there? Have you changed much at all, or is it pretty much the same? As far as when he was with us, it's, you know, 80% of it's the same, and we've added some things in the offseason. When you look at the landscape of the NFL and the offenses, we've added some stuff um, um, both in the front and the coverage plan. So that, th- those things will be new, but most of the stuff we'll, we'll have to remember. Does it help you as a play caller to be able to have someone who knows your system well enough to be able to implement kind of some new and creative things? How's that background been? Yeah, it's like getting a quarter. It's like having a quarterback that you've coached in there, so you can get in and out of calls at the line of scrimmage. You know, last year, you know, we didn't do that as much. We did it a few times, and I just felt like it was a lot for the guys in the first year of the system to put that added weight on them. I wanted to just kind of go out and play, but now in year two, uh, adding a guy like him and having another year into the system, the guys will pick it up a lot faster. You just completed a practice. Obviously, there's you know no pads. And yeah. there's a lot of limitations to it, but. Eric wasn't finding a lot of ton of open receivers, and there's right. plays being made. I mean, can you see already? Our, we, we got we got some players here and some pieces, and this is going to be no doubt. I mean, we're, we're, we've gotten a lot younger. Obviously, uh, we got some guys in the back end who can cover guys one on one. You know, the offense is going to make their share of plays. We're going to make our share of plays. It's we come out here and just to, just to limit the, the the corrections that we have to make each and every day. And it, and the install for the most part in the defense is over. So um, it's just getting the fine tunes of everything done. But I'm happy with where. We're at right now. I'm guessing that after um, you know, no coach goes into the season expecting to have a have a bad year. Right. Um, did you learn? What do you think you learned about yourself and your philosophy and everything else about going through a year like you went through that? You, I'm sure you didn't expect. By far, my hardest year in coaching. But I, I, I just, I just felt like the the kind of players that we're looking for. We've added a lot, a lot of those guys um, throughout the draft and free agency. The guys that kind of fit what we're doing. Um, so those things, you know, right now in the NFL, everyone's, you know, we're going to surprise everybody and all these great predictions. Right now, everybody feels great about their team. I'm just trying to get them better every day. How uh, quickly is Jonathan Abram able to pick He's smart. He's real smart. I'm, you know, he, from a rookie player with all the stuff the safeties have to know, uh, he's on top of it each and every day. So it's good to add him. Um, you know, when you're back there, as I stand back in the back of the defense, I hear him communicate. He doesn't sound like a rookie player. He sounds like a veteran player out there, so that's encouraging. How does uh, 
Marcus fit into that safety group. He's in the slot a lot from the limited amount of time that we've been able to watch him. How's he going to fit in? Well, we watched him a lot in his earlier years in, in, with the Rams, and I, I was always impressed with him um, at the nickel spot. And, and when he was available for us uh, to go in there, be a cover guy, understand the run fits, become a blitzer, he's a vocal guy out there, a great guy to have on your team really all around. But um, he's a perfect fit for me for the nickel spot, and that's what he's been working at. Guys just blend at linebacker where we haven't seen Brandon Marshall out there yet yep. between him and Xavier and Bontez. And then the young guys, you know, you Mark Bell's and Morrow's. How do you like kind of the way that, that you've got kind of two waves there where you've got the young guys that can learn from the vets? It, it's good. You know, Brandon's going to be new. Obviously, Vontez has, has been in it and, and Tyre's been in it for a year. Uh, Markel and uh, some of the other guys, Amoro and those guys, they've, they've come along. They understand the little details of everything way better than we were staying here a year ago. So that, to me, I'm now talking about the fifth level things instead of the first level things, which is, as a coach, is what you want. Jimmy's awesome. point, too, how, from what you've been able to see, how are Vontez, Tyre, and Brandon all gelling in terms of communication, right? You, know, you never know how it's going to be when you bring in new guys, and yeah. that level of communication will be like, like early on, what's it been like? It's been great. I mean, those guys understand what I'm looking for. Um, you know, obviously, having Vontez here for the years he's been with me, he, they, he's saying stuff that they've never heard, and like, hey, watch this, hey, watch, and now it's starting to build up with everybody, so uh, um, it's been pretty seamless. Obviously, Brandon hasn't been out there as much, but once he gets back and gets rolling, he's going to get a lot of reps in the in training camp. This offseason is a great opportunity to make a leap for those young defensive linemen. Yeah. What have you seen from Mo, PJ, Obviously, in that area. I, I, obviously, we're going to count on them this year to take a big leap. I always say that between the first and second year, you should be your biggest leap. And I just think, as a rookie player, you don't know what the next hour's about. Like, hey, what's training camp like? Where do I stay? What's the week of the season like? So now they understand all those things. That's kind of to the side, and they can really concentrate on their job. So they're, they've really, again, just like the linebackers, have picked up the system a lot better. How was Mo specifically shown growth? Yeah, uh, he 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 looks he's looked stronger out there. He's moving a lot better. Um, he was a little little bit limited early in OTAs, but uh, he's back out there playing at a high level. There was a lot of attention paid obviously last year to the pass rush. How yep. do you feel like you guys well, we added some guys. We had some young guys. We had some guys in free agency. I think that are really going to help us. There's some guys that are, you know, like I said, um, you, know, we, you know, the three young guys we added in the draft and, and Benson, more of those kind of guys. Um, and obviously the guys that are returning have to get have to uh, pick it up for us uh, that way. So that, that's a big emphasis for us um, throughout the spring. He's right where we're at. I, I know there's some reports where he's light. He's he, we, we drafted Arden to be become a third down rusher and that's really what it was you don't want to be a 260 pound slug out there uh, he knows exactly where you want him to be weight wise and his his strength and, and conditioning is, is a progress thing for him right now what the improvements you guys made in the secondary, what, how will that impact? Well, we'll be tighter in coverage. I mean, that, that, the rushing coverage part of it always works hand in hand. If we're tighter in the coverage and longer in the coverage, or the rushers get there sooner, we don't have to be quite as tight. So those work hand in hand. Can you say with confidence here in the spring that this pass rush is going to be where it needs to be, or is that going to require more work and yeah, work pads? It's hard to tell. We're not in any pads right now. It's, you know, running game. How are we going to get against the run? How are we going to be against pass rushers? I'll have a better feel once training camp gets going, once these guys can do what are your early impressions of uh, Cleveland? Do you anticipate, he talked about Harden kind of as a third down guy, but 
Cleveland's exactly what I'm looking for. That's the kind of guys we had, the Michael Johnsons and the Carlos Dunlop kind of guys we had in Cincinnati that are every down ends, that are big men, that can both rush and play the run. So he's exactly what we're looking for. Um, Max, he's, he looks like a, a Cadillac coming off the edge. He's long, he's loose, he's quick off the ball, and I think he's going to make big jumps here in his first year. And Bell is, is a guy who can run. He can chase quarterbacks down from the backside. You can use him as a, a spinner, rusher type guy. And, and, again, he's just developing as an end right now. So when, once we get into the pads, we'll have a good feel for what he, what he can do. Two more guys. As you mentioned, this is a younger defense now. Yep. You don't have a Frosty Rucker mentoring your young D lineman. You don't have Leon Hall yep. mentoring Nick Nelson. Yep. From a leadership standpoint, are you seeing – more voices, different voices, a rise in voices in terms of that role? I do. Even some of the newer guys that, that have been that are new into the system are saying that. Initially, because you don't have those kind of guys that kind of come from the coaches, so you got to understand. You, you'll start to feel as a coach when it starts to take over, and that's when you become a good team. When those guys become the vo- they, they manage the locker room, they manage the, the tempo in practice, and you don't have to say much. When you don't have to say much as a coach, you know you, the guys are starting to get the message, and you know you can hand it over to them. Abram got number 24 here, and they don't yeah. give that to just anybody. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you see from him? He's got big expectations, big shoes to fill. That's what I see, and hopefully he can do that. How do you feel like Carl Joseph has responded to the fact that you guys didn't pick up his fifth mm-hmm. year option? You drafted safety in the first round. How has he responded to that? What do you want to see from him? I, I think he's responded great. He knows he's, he's you know this will be a good year for him to go out and play good and and, and make us uh, give him a contract. Um, so it's that's the way the NFL is. It's the way it is for me. It's the way it is for a lot of the other guys. If you don't perform, you're probably looking for somewhere else to go. And if you do perform, you're going to get rewarded. So that's, you know, to me, it's business as usual. So there it was right there, defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, courtesy of Raiders.com. And some of the notes that I was able to take away from that, he mentioned that 2018 was the toughest year of his coaching career. And Raider Nation, I think it's easy to agree with them. It was really tough on us fans watching that Raiders defense in 2018, right? Especially, obviously, with the loss of Khalil Mack, everything just kind of went off the rails then. Really, really messed with the whole team, not having Khalil there. It just was a, a big downer to start the season. And so I don't think think they really ever had a chance and so I can understand where Gunther says that was the toughest year of his coaching career tells you a lot tells you a lot about what was going on in the background as well that man this guy is probably sitting in his office trying to figure out what in the hell probably beating his head against the wall what in the hell can I do to make this defense a little bit better he also talks pretty glowingly about having Vontez Burford on the squad uh, he's pretty happy about that knows the defense knows his calls he's able to really implement his system now something he wasn't able to do in 2018 he expects the rookies from 2018 to take a big step in year two. He said the biggest year leap always comes from year one to year two. So that's encouraging for the guys like Maurice Hurst. That's encouraging for P.J. Hall. That's encouraging for all the guys on that defensive line and just defense in general. Arden Key, all those guys that were rookies in 2018 that played probably a lot more than they expected to originally. They had to step up. So he's expecting big years from all those guys in year number two. And then talked about number four overall pick in the first round of the 2019 draft, Cleveland Farrell. Uh, He said that that guy he was looking for. That's the exact guy that he wanted in the edge rusher. Uh, He mentioned Michael Johnson and Carlos Dunlap. Those are guys that he had in Cincinnati that he really, really was successful with. And he he compared Farrell to those guys. And if he could be a Carlos Dunlap or a Michael Johnson, I don't think any Raider fan will be upset. I don't think any talking head will have the nerve to be able to say that, oh, they shouldn't have drafted him at number four. If he turns out to be a Carlos Dunlap type guy or a Michael Johnson type guy, 
Raider Nation, now you're cooking with grease. Now, again, I told you earlier in this very segment, don't get too high and don't get too low on what you hear in OTAs and, and, and mini camps and training camp and preseason. It's all about when the bullets are flying, when the regular season starts. So I, as encouraging as that to hear and knows that that's at least a guy that fits in Paul Gunther's system. So that's the, that's the most encouraging part. That's what I really take from that. He fits in his system, so he sees how he can succeed. Now it's up to Farrell to go out there and execute it and do it. But at least you know that he's a fit. He's a guy that he's a, he's a circle that's trying to fit into a circle, not a circle trying to fit into a square peg. You know what I'm saying? So that makes me feel a lot better. Now, again, he's got to go out there and prove it. He even talked about Max Crosby, called him a Cadillac coming off the edge. Well, you got to be that Cadillac when it matters. You know, how much is Max Crosby going to get on the field? It remains to be seen. But again, it's only June right now. So not too high, not too low. But sounds like he feels pretty comfortable about the pieces that he's going to be working with in 2019. Coming up next, you're going to hear from players that were available after Tuesday's OTA. Linebacker Tahir Whitehead, defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, and linebacker Vontez Burfitt. Before I do that in segment number two, definitely want to tell you about Blue Chew. Talk about my good friends from Blue Chew. And fellas, I'm just going to talk to you first. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? I mean, the wind blew the wrong way. You're ready to go, right? Yeah, you can have them days back. Want to know how? Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the way that you can make that happen. Blue, like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it's going to work, and you can take them any day, any time, any day or night, full stomach or not. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So again, whenever that opportunity arises... You are good to go. Right now, there's a special for all Locked On Raider podcast listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, promo code Locked On. BlueChew.com is what you need to go to. B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. If it ain't free, it ain't me. BlueChew is a better, cheaper, faster choice. And, of course, we thank them for being a sponsor of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number two is coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, Wednesday, June the 5th, 2019. You heard from defensive coordinator Paul Gunther in segment number one. So here in segment number two, you're going to hear from players, players that are trying to execute what Paul Gunther is going to be calling, his defensive plan, his defensive scheme, guys that need to step up in 2019, guys that are really going to be counted on to be leaders of that Raiders defense. So you're going to hear from them coming up right now in this segment. First thing up, first guy up, linebacker Tahir Whitehead. And, uh, yeah, this is a guy that the Raiders brought over as a free agent, and he did really well in 2018 as far as tackles go. Uh, you know, he, he w- isn't very good at intercepting the ball. He dropped a couple 
uh, good interceptions against Kansas City. A couple good opportunities. He dropped those. But besides that, he's a pretty good player. Uh, I had some questions earlier in the offseason if he was going to stick around or not. Wasn't too sure. But it looks like that he's there for the long haul. So uh, linebacker to here, Whitehead. He is one of those veterans on the team, obviously, with Vontez Burfitt, who you'll hear from later on in this segment, and also Brandon Marshall, who they brought in as a free agent from Denver. Uh, you won't hear from him. Matter of fact, he's not working right now because he's working off to the side. He's not quite healthy. I believe they said he was in the pool on Tuesday uh, doing some things. So anyway, at some point you'll hear from linebacker Brandon Marshall. But right now, you're going to hear from linebacker Tahir Whitehead. All this audio is courtesy of Raiders.com. Coach Gunther was just saying that last year for him was his toughest year what were your observations on him throughout the year and how he approached it, how he dealt with it, how you guys dealt with it? Ultimate professional. I mean, that's just the you know, way, the way I'd uh, describe it. You know, he came in, you never could really tell that it was being hard for him. He just kept at it, kept coaching, kept, you know, making sure that we were prepared in every way, shape, or form, and just kept giving it all. So, you know, he never wavered. We never wavered. We just kept showing up every day, even though the results weren't what we wanted. We still showed up every day and gave it all. What's it been like to add? Now, obviously, when you uh, add guy, veteran guys like that with experience that's played uh, a lot of great football in the league, you know, even with you know B. Marsh that's won, been to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, um, that's a that's a major major uh, bonus, and you know just the the wealth of knowledge they have just being around the league for a long time. That's a, that helps the, the younger guys. It helps himself, you know, to be able to go out there and see it from different sides, you know, just pick each other's brain. Just having a middle linebacker who's been in the system uh, for a while with Vontaze and knowing what Paul wants and Paul knowing him, how does that just help with the communication for the whole defense? It helps a lot, you know, having a guy that's familiar, extremely familiar with this game, you know, for the most part of his career, I believe, except uh, what, for six years, he was in the system. And, you know, just like, you know, you know, being in the system for that length of time, it, you'll, you know the nuances of the defense, all of the checks, all of the calls, and, you know, just having Vontez has definitely been a huge help. Paul would say that it's kind of like adding a quarterback started familiar with the system that Vontez is in the middle. I know a lot, for a lot of last year, you were the one who was making multiple running stuff. How much more do you feel like you guys can be flexible and do different things uh, just with the guys who are still here, having had a year in the defense, and then adding somebody who can sort of orchestrate like uh, it, it creates balance, you know, I believe, you know, just adding the, like you said, it's essentially the same as having a, you know, a quarterback or I would say any guy that's been in any system, whether it's offense or defense, if you have a, add a guy to, a, you know, a team that's been in a system for a long time, that's definitely a great help because, you know, the knowledge they have, you know, from the previous uh, knowledge and, you know, working in the system, you know, you bring that over, then that puts pretty much everyone at ease. It puts, puts the guys on the field at ease. It puts the coaches at ease. And everyone, you know, we're able to communicate on a whole nother level. What do you think that you, that you took from last year's experience when you play basically 100% of snaps almost? Uh, to go through that and then to come out of it, what do you feel like you learned uh, as a player? I think I've learned a great deal of the system. You know, the, that experience right there last year, just basically basically playing 100% of the snaps, allowed me to really grasp the system and understand the ins and outs of everything. So now when we're out there, you know, I'm communicating with Vontez, and he's like, okay, dang, like, you know, you, you got it. You know, so it's not like, 
either one of us like we're not taking on the, the brunt of the work you know the whole thing and you know taking on that all all that stress you know we divvying it up and then we're allowed <laughs> we're um you know, we're just breaking it up to make it easy on everyone. He's like, look, you give this call, you you handle these checks, I handle the other. So then everything works a lot smoother. Last yeah. year, in front of you, you guys played uh, three rookie defensive linemen a lot between Mo, Arden, and PJ. What have you seen from them in terms of the difference between year one and year two spring? Confidence. Um, as a rookie, you know, no matter where you are, sometimes uh, just that confidence, you know, it can be key. You know, you as rookie and coming in the league, you know, you have a, a bunch of veteran guys around you. You know, it's, you know, you're in the big times now. It's a lot of hype for you because you're a rookie. And you know, you're going to come in and play a lot. You know, I think the second year in the defense, the second year in the league, is usually the biggest leap for guys because you know you go through that that rookie stuff, the rookie wall or whatever, all that. You know, so they call it, and then. You, you don't have that same stress that you did the year before and, and on top of that you have a better understanding of the uh, scheme and I can see that from them right now you know they just play with more confidence you know they understand their bodies better you know understand what they need to do to make sure that they're prepared to go out there and practice at a high level play at a high level and you know it's a, it's a great thing to see you guys made free agent additions a defense heavy draft you look out here in the spring and feel like that the talent on this roster is upgraded quite a bit Oh, I definitely, definitely feel that way. You know, the talent, uh, we have a lot of talent on this team. Uh, you know, you look at every position, you look on both sides of the ball, you know, we definitely have the team to go out there and do something uh, major this year. And uh, The biggest thing is we just got to gel together as quick as possible to, you know, that camaraderie and make sure that we continue to build with each other. You know, we're all pulling in the same direction and understanding that we're all on the same team. You know, the Raiders aren't on our schedule. You know, so as long as, you know, we understand that and we go out there every day with a purpose, we're going to go out there and we're going to go handle business. What are your impressions of the rookie defensive players been so far, whether it's Cleveland, Trayvon, or uh, Jonathan so far? Just hard workers. Hard workers, they're smart, great guys, you know, they love the game. You, know, you, you can really describe them. Any, any positive word you can think of, you know, you can really go out there and tag it on them because, um, no, I really can't have, I don't, I don't have one bad thing to say about them, man. They're, they're like sponges right now, you know, just soaking everything up. You know, you talk to them. You know, J.A., I'm always going back and forth with him. He like to talk a lot. That's my, that's my guy. But yeah. From one vocal leader to another, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I love it. You know, young guys going there, you know, you come in and you're showing, you know, how confident you are. You know, I, I love that, you know, because I'm like, we can build off of that. That's what we need. We need more guys that are confident in their skill set, and then you bringing that to the team. You know, that's gonna be a, that's gonna take us a long way. You put a lot of uh, inspirational messages on Twitter. They're almost all positive. They have to do with belief in yourself. Um, are there things that, be, that you've read over the years? Are there things that, you, that, that just come naturally to what you think? And were all was all that stuff tested last year when the times were tough? It's um, that's pretty much how I like uh, how I live my life. Uh, most of the stuff I tweeted, uh, books that I've read, you know, uh, have some great mentors in my life that uh, I take knowledge from, and then I just you know dish it out to everyone. I feel like you know the good um, the talking points that you know I experience with other people. You know, it can go a long way for others. So I always like just sharing my thoughts with, you know, whoever, you know, can use that, use it. You know, if it doesn't apply, then, you know, it doesn't apply to you. But 
like just I'm a positive person. You know, I like uplifting people, helping people as much as I can. So some notes that I took from Tahir Whitehead. He sounds a lot more comfortable in the Paul Gunther system going into year two. He knows the calls and also acknowledged that having Vontez Burford on the ro- roster really helps because he knows what is expected and what is needed in the system and likes that he's able to communicate with him and know exactly what he's talking about. So when he makes a call, Vontez looks at him and is like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know the call. Or when Vontez makes a call and Tahir picks it up immediately, they know that they're on the same page, that communication is key, obviously. On defense, communication is everything. I mean, in football in general, communication is key, but on defense to to be able to execute at the level that we want to see the Raiders execute at that defense has got to be on point that communication has got to be on point so he's another guy you heard Paul Gunther in segment number one sound really really excited about Vontez Burfitt well to hear, to hear Whitehead sounds pretty excited about having them there as well just because he knows the system of Paul Gunther and could help get everybody caught up to speed and, and really be able to execute the d- defense to 100% of its ability uh, instead of what they did last year, which probably wasn't even half of Paul Gunther's system. So to hear Whitehead sounded pretty positive. Uh, he called the rookie defensive guys from Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram, Max Crosby, Trayvon Mullen. All guys that are very hungry, hard workers, sponges. He used the word sponges. They just want to observe. And, and I, I did like how he said that Jonathan Abram was his guy. One vocal leader to another. Again, going back to the comments that LaMarcus Joyner made last week saying he's going to be an alpha dog at some point. It kind of sounds the same way. Yeah, he's going to be an alpha dog. He barks a lot. He does a lot of talking, you know. And so he's going to go out there and he's got to obviously walk the walk, talk the talk. But he's also got to go out there and execute on the field. You know, it's easy to talk. But again, you got to walk that walk. You got to go ahead and 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 handle it on the field as well. But uh, I'm getting a little bit more pumped up and pumped up about Jonathan Abram. But at the same time, trying to remain even keel and chill because I realize, like I told you in segment number one, highs, lows. That's what you're going to hear coming out of OTAs. That's what you're going to hear coming out of mandatory minicamps. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. You know, they're, they're getting the wheels turning. They're starting to get a little bit lathered up. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like doing a layup line in basketball. You know, you're just you're getting started, but you're not really executing. You, you know, you're not releasing the hounds and letting the dogs just go yet. So, uh, again, don't want to get too excited about what I hear. But it does sound positive from Tahir Whitehead and especially about Vontez Burfitt, who we all know I'm not a huge fan of. But it sounds like most of the Raiders, if not all of the Raiders, are pretty excited to have him. And we'll hear from him in just a few minutes. But before we do that, defensive tackle Maurice. Hurst going into his second season. How is he feeling? What is his expectations for himself? Uh, he's kind of a gentle giant. That's what I'm going to say right now before you even hear the audio. He's kind of a gentle giant, but if you listen to what he says, I think you can pick up a lot from it. So here he is, defensive tackle, second year out of Michigan, Maurice Hurst. Um, I mean, just being more comfortable, getting to know the defense a little bit more, getting used to the guys that we're playing with, and just understanding uh, as a whole what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, they've been really great. Uh, they've been taking coaching, and, um, you know, uh, Clee's a really good, really good guy. Same with Max, uh, and uh, same with uh, Q. They all, they all take coaching really well, and they all have been working extremely hard to become a part of this defense and become become a part of this Raiders organization. I'd even say most of the guys that you're going to be counting on up front are have less than three years professional experience. They're uh, kind of a bond that, hey, we, we know we're going to have to step up here, especially the second-year guys that played so much last year. 
Yeah, that was definitely the sense that we had last year. Of course, we had some older guys, so uh, it was great to have the opportunity to learn from them. But now it's, it's our time to sort of take it over and, you know, start to develop our own identity. And that's something that we didn't do last year is develop an identity. And I think that's what we're going to try to accomplish early on and just set a, set a tone and keep it rolling throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, definitely. There was a ton of guys that, that taught you just how to be a pro and how to take care of yourself, take care of your body, and, um, you know, do the little things right and just be a good teammate. I mean, the, the technique stuff, you know, is great, but all the stuff off the field is what really helps you develop and grow and uh, stay in the NFL for a long time. The pass rush wasn't what anybody wanted, wanted it to be here last year. How much ownership do you guys up front take on We take all of it. I mean, every single game that we play, and they're going to mention our pass rush, and we kind of we control the narrative for that. Um, I mean, obviously, last year wasn't good enough, and we get all the criticism for it. So there's a lot of eyes on us to develop and you know be special this year, and uh, you know just change that narrative, change what they're saying about us, and change our attitude and how we're approaching things. Why do you feel like that uh, area? Uh, I mean, we're just taking our coaching. Uh, we got Coach Buck, and he's, he's really been helping us out, helping develop us. And uh, we just need to keep listening to him. And I think uh, there's some great things that are going to come. And, um, you know, guys are looking really good out there. And I think we're getting better every single time we, we step on the field. Coach Gunther told us that last year was his most difficult year in football. Yeah. And nobody goes in expected to have that kind of year if you're a coordinator, I'm sure. Yeah. What did you, your observations about, like, say, the way he was approaching things early and late? Was it the same? Was his, you know, the process during the week the same? And did he keep the message positive? Last year? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was tough. It was a tough season. Obviously, we had a lot of rolling uh, bodies coming in and out of our locker room. And, you know, it can be extremely tough to put in uh, new defenses and, um, you know, get guys that, you know, just come in and have to play, you know, after sitting on the couch or, whatever and you don't uh you don't grow chemistry you don't trust one another so there wasn't that that trust factor that i think we're set now starting to develop and um we got some great leaders guys that played in super bowls guys that have been on winning teams and winning defenses so um i think you just put that all together and you put uh their standard and make it our own i think it's going to be something special what is that what does that a guy like Montez do a guy that obviously knows the system and, and can kind of help direct and guide you guys all out there because he's played so many yeah, I mean, he's definitely a tone setter. He's someone that's going to, uh, you know, set the defense. He understands all of the calls within uh, Coach Gunther's D. So, you know, it's really helpful to be able to uh, talk to him. And he has complete understanding. So, um, you know, there's certain things that he knows that is going to occur and, uh, during the course of the season. So he's able to adjust it, adjust us, you know, tell us we can play like a backside gap in this and cover us or whatever. Like, uh, it's really easy to talk to and, you know, just a great teammate overall. Yeah, practice out there today where I mean I know it's no pads and a lot of seven sevens and you don't really know until training camp. But you know guys are making plays out there and breaking a ball and you were getting some pressure on Derek and he was having to run out of the pocket. I mean even at this early date can you look out there and say, Wow, we should be locked down. Yeah, I think we're I think I think we'll be really good. Um no, I think we have some some toughness to us. I think we have a you know some talent that we we didn't have last year. There's, you know, I think it's a really exciting time to be a Raider and 
uh, exciting time to continue to develop with these guys. I think camp's going to be really fun and really competitive. So uh, just really excited to see where this team goes and you know where things will take us this season. Did you had some good moments last year. Do those drawing back on that experience? Do you feel like, are, are you confident that you can make that big leap that you know, second-year players are often expected to do for you uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have to. I mean, that's all on me to uh, make make the big leap. And, you know, I'm my teammates. And I think, uh, you know, if one of us does really well, it helps the, the whole of the group. So, you know, just keeping guys um, keeping guys fresh, keeping guys rolling through, keeping guys making plays, I think, um, as a whole, all of our numbers will go up and all of us will be more productive than we were last season. Uh, after a season ends, do you, do you go back and really watch your own tape and try to learn from it? beyond the season or is it once that year is over let's close the chapter and move forward no you keep trying to develop and that was one of the biggest things uh working with coach buck is uh just his emphasis on uh trying to get better and trying to change what we were doing last year because clearly it wasn't good enough so just improving and uh, i think that's just going to make us better overall and make us all have better seasons this year you mentioned wanting to develop an identity at the defensive front what do you want that identity to be and how much is uh, just be relentless and um, you know don't make any excuses for things and uh, you know play hard play tough uh, be aggressive uh, play with play with your technique and um, you know just fire your hands I mean there's a, there's a lot of things that he's been coaching us up that you know isn't new uh, per se but he's played the position he knows it really well and he lasted a long time in the league so um, to get to learn something from someone like that is, uh, you know, a really useful tool. All right, so he feels a lot more comfortable in his second year in Gunther's system. Says all the new guys, the new ends, Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby, even brought up seventh rounder Quentin Bell. All these guys are really good players, hard workers, love football, want to win. That goes back to what? foundational players that Mike Mayock was talking before the draft. We got to get foundational players. That's what he kept stressing. That's what those kind of guys are. Guys that love football. Guys that are hard workers. Guys that want to win. Guys that expect to win. That's Cleveland Farrell coming from uh, Clemson, obviously the leader of that defense. Max Crosby, even though he was a fourth-round draft pick, sounds like he's a guy that wants, you know, really wants to work. And Quentin Bell, seventh-round pick, you never know if he's going to make the team, the practice squad, what's going to happen with him. But he sounds like there may be a place on his team. And I know there's a few Raider fans that are kind of excited to see what he could bring to the table. Also, what I liked about what Maurice Hurst had to say, it sounded almost like he was offended when talking about the pass rush and the lack of it in 2018. He actually cut my man off as he was talking and asking the question, and he gave his answer and was taking responsibility like it's on us. We're the ones that have got to change it. We're the ones who got to change it. Remember, Maurice Hurst had four sacks in 2018. I mean, he was the leader of the defense with sacks in four, and he still, as a gentle giant, kind of cut my man off and was like, no, we, we are responsible for that. We've got to go out there and make that so that's not even a conversation or a talking point. I like that. I like that because he knows what needs to get done and how this team is going to get better. Uh, he did mention something else that pointed that stood out to me. Had a lack of trust in 2018 with the teammates because of the rotating door. There was never anyone there that was there for the whole time, you know, except for obviously the youngsters, the rookies. But as far as veterans go, it was like a revolving door. So he was never able to develop a real trust in his teammates. And that's something that you have to have for success is a real trust 
from your teammates. So that was something that stood out to me. And again, like I mentioned, a sleeping giant, man, a gentle giant, real calm approach, but then he gets out there on the field and he's ready to bring it. So that was defensive tackle, second year guy out of Michigan, Maurice Hurst. Now, the final guy you're going to hear from today is the guy that we talked about and the guy that I debated and the guy that I just said, no, 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 don't sign him, don't sign him, don't sign him. But from everything that we've heard so far, especially on the podcast today and all the media sessions that they had on Tuesday, Vontez Burford is a guy that a lot of the teammates really, really like and think that he's going to be a big-time uh, contributor to this team. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy, and I'm not trying to jinx him, but that's the thing. He's obviously got to stay healthy. But here he is, linebacker Vontez Burfitt, following Tuesday's OTAs. Sorry, how comfortable has it been for you to kind of slide back into Paul's defense? He said it's been nice to have him back in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I'm so familiar with it. I've been doing this since my rookie year. Um, happy to be back in this defense and uh, understanding it. Um, and just relaying it to the guys and being a leader out there. So I'm, I'm excited and uh, excited for what this year's going to bring us. What about, what about Paul's approach clicked with you from the very beginning? Why? Why? Uh, he was my linebacker coach in Cincinnati. Um, and you know how that relationship goes. You see him every day. Um, and I don't know, uh, we just started talking about golfing around that time because I was just getting new to golf. And we went out and played a couple holes. And and ever since then, it was just like, man, he's, he's my guy. I can trust him. And uh and, you know, he tells me, you know, obviously little things about defense and offense that, that can give you keys. And since then, he made me a smart, smarter football player. Paul said uh, that from the last time you guys were together, now probably about 80% similar defense. Do you, do you, anything that he's changed in this defense that surprised you or impressed you? Or? Yeah, there's a lot of things he changed. Um, obviously, more knowledge with the game, more years and more co- more. Um, defensive coordinator positions obviously he's had um he's obviously learned more about the game since since i was a rookie in cincinnati um but yeah he put a put a couple different plays in and um i think it just helps us as a defense because it's putting guys in the right position that they're that they're great at so like i said i'm excited about it i can't wait we personally haven't seen Brandon Marshall out very much, but yeah. what has it been like to have another veteran in the meeting room, a guy who's been through it uh, quite a bit? Uh. Yeah, we have a lot of vets in our in our linebacker room. We have Tahir Whitehead, um, Nick, Markel. So um, that's one thing I love about this linebacker court. That's one thing I, I will say I love about our linebacker court. Everybody has knowledge. Everybody understands the game quick, fast, and um, I'm excited to play with them. What's your uh, relationship been like with Brandon Marshall and Tahir so far? You said you guys have been able to communicate at a pretty successful rate. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I said, we're, we're football players. We understand the game. All of us are smart, so we're talking different terminology, and we all understand what the guy's talking about. So, you know, it's instead of not saying playing with a rookie's bad, but having a veteran next to you and you can just give them a simple clue, they understand what you're saying because you don't have to give them a whole sentence breaking down. Um, like like today with Tahir, um, we had a simple play. He helped me out with a call. We took related to the defensive lineman. And instead of me having to do all the calls, it kind of eases, eases stuff off my plate. enjoy it because obviously they see us knowing the defense, understanding the defense so they're asking us questions as a football player and you can ask the de- you know the linebacker coach but it's different when you're getting it from your teammate um, and they're running the plays with you so it's exciting because you know we have guys like uh, who 
even the young D linemen that I don't understand, and they're asking us, "What's what's this coverage? What's you know?" It's it's exciting that everybody's trying to understand each position and understanding where your help is at. It seems like people are looking to you as a as a leader and as an authority in this team, but you're also new. Uh, how do you kind of merge you know into this new locker room, into this new market uh, during this offseason program? You know, up on team chemistry. Yeah, uh, like I said, you got to be a leader out there. You got to lead by example. You have to make sure you're doing your job to so they can have confidence in you when the game time comes. Um, and putting guys in the right position. Like if I have to make a line line stun for the D lineman, um, putting them in the right position as well because obviously they have their hand in the dirt. So, um, like I said, just being accountable, being on time to everything, and making sure you're doing every rep in the weight room. You can't make too much out of any practice when it's this time of year and there's no pads and that kind of thing. But but then again. You know, that's that session out there. There were some defensive plays being made. There weren't receivers breaking wide open constantly. And Laurel makes a play downfield. I mean, it, when you look at the talent around you and the things that you can do in these short pants workouts, do you see like, wow, I can do something? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we, we can. We can be great. We just got to put the you know the pieces to the puzzle. Um, we're. I feel like this team is very competitive. Um, and everybody feeds off each other's energy. When Nick made that breakup, I seen the whole defensive sideline trying to run out there and congratulate him. Obviously, they had to get, get ready for the next play, but it's just the energy here is just amazing. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to start the season off. Um, I don't know. I just think that he understands the game. Um, he knows when to call certain plays. He doesn't put his players in the wrong position. Um, and it understands his players' weaknesses. Um, every player has a weakness, I feel like. And, you know, he does. he's not going to call a play where he feels like he's going to put a linebacker on a receiver, like me covering Antonio Brown. That's kind of crazy. So, um, you know, he just he doesn't put us in the wrong position. Out of curiosity, did you see much of the, the Raiders last season? Defensive play? Yeah, I've I watched them since Coach G came here. Are you familiar with the defense? Did it look to you like it just wasn't being run to its full potential? Yeah, I mean, this defense is kind of complicated, honestly. You can't come in first year thinking you know it all because, um, honestly, it takes 11 pieces. Um, yeah, I've seen that on, on when I was watching them last year, but we have guys that's been in the with the defense now on the going on their second year, so you can tell that a lot of guys picking it up, um, communicating, and, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Probably early, but yeah, he's a, he's a rookie, but I swear he's been here like five years. Um, doesn't act like a rookie at all. He comes in ready to handle business. He's even a leader in the huddle. Um, even just telling, you know, cheering guys up, telling them, Get, "Come on, let's finish this, finish the period off." And, and that's a lot coming from a rookie. Because when I was a rookie, I didn't want to say much. I just wanted to go out there and do my job. So coming from him and he's a defensive end, you know, if I give him a gap call or whatever type of call I give him, he understands it. So it's, that's huge. Mike Mayock has talked about the veterans he's brought in. He, he calls them. Brought a number of guys in here on one year. He calls them proven deals. Is there anything you think you need to prove? Nah, that's that's putting stress on your shoulders, man. Just come out and I've been playing for eight years now. Just come out and do my job, execute, um, and try to win games. That's, that's that's about it. Prove a deal. I mean, I don't. That's that's like I said, putting stress on your shoulders and just come out and work. Do you think this defense needs an edge after you kind of watched it last year? Nah, you don't need no edge. Just like I said, everybody got to come out and do their job. Um, 
putting good 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 tape on film. That's 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 proven a lot of stuff. And trust me, like whoever we play, they're going to see it on film. Like these guys know what they're doing. They're coming out, running to the ball relentless. Um, so that's what we're focusing on every uh, every day in practice. We just want to run to the ball and make sure we see all them black jerseys at the ball. So there he was right there, Raider Nation, Vontez Burfitt. And I, I got some notes to take from him. And I'll, I'll tell you before I even get into notes, for him, we know he could play. There's no doubt about it. He's been in the league long enough to know that the dude could play. Obviously, he knows Paul Gunther's system. Yes, I'm not a big fan of him, but he's wearing the silver and black, so definitely going to root him on. What I will say for him, he's got to stay healthy. Again, my biggest bugaboo with him was his availability. Is he going to be available? For Vontez Burford, he's got to find a way to get through mandatory minicamp, training camp, the preseason, and then get into the regular season. And then once he's there, try to play a full 16. That's going to be the biggest key for him. So we'll see what happens. He's saying all the right things. I mean, again, he knows this. I mean, he's not no new booty. He's a, he's a vet in the game. So, you know, he should sound like he knows what he's talking about. But again, being available will be his biggest key. But you could tell there he's really happy to be back in the system that he's been a part of since his rookie year outside of last year, obviously. He likes the linebacking core the Raiders have between him, Brandon Marshall, to hear Whitehead uh, rather go in there with the veterans just so they know what he's saying and, and they already know what kind of checks to make when he makes these calls. They know what he's talking about instead of having to guide a youngster along the way. So uh, I totally get that. Like a Tevin Coney, that'll be interesting. You know, how does he get you know put into the in the mix? Does he make the team? Uh, what about a, a you know a Nick Morrow? Does he make the team? Well, I'm sure he'll make the team, but how does he get put into the mix? I mean, that'll be interesting to see how they put the younger dudes in when you have a guy like. Vontez Burford, you have a Brandon Marshall, and you have a Tahir Whitehead. Again, we'll see what he could do. We'll see how much he could help the team, but from everything I've heard, sounds like the team, Paul Gunther, all are very excited to have him on the squad. So if they're excited, I'm excited, with at the same time knowing it's OTAs. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Are you sensing a theme here yet, Raider Nation? That's what it is. Coming up next, your calls, your thoughts. Locked on Raider Podcast voicemail line segment number three is up next on the Locked on Raiders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, final segment of the day on this Wednesday, June the 5th, 2019. Uh, already heard from defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. That was in segment number one. Heard from linebacker Tahir Whitehead. Heard from defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. And also heard from linebacker Vontez Burfitt. That was all in segment number two. Now we're going to hear from you. We're going to hear from Raider Nation straight off that Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line in segment number three. 707-654-4693. Again, the number is 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Al in Georgia, calling in to talk about Richie Incognito, speaks on Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro. Great call here from my guy, Raider Rowell in Georgia. What's going on, baby? Raider Rowell from Georgia. Richie Incognito. Now, your buddy said that he's going to not like the team because of Richie Incognito. Two, if he's a real Raider fan, he does not mean that. No way. Because I've been a Raider fan since 71, I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, and I've seen the ugly. 
and I'm still Raider Nation for life. You see my office, you see my pictures. I'll never, I'll never change teams. I'm always be a Raider fan. Now, my breakout players: Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs, please prove me wrong, because my feeling on Alabama football players and Duke basketball players is they make good pros, not great pros. Great pros. So I hopefully he proves me wrong. Raider Nation for life. Out. <laughs> I hear you on the Alabama players, but I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a pleasant surprise for you, my man. I really, really do. Next up, Chase Raider calling out of Oklahoma. Actually, he's calling, updating us on his current job opportunity with the Raiders as he's rolling. Pretty neat call here from my man Chase Raider calling out of Oklahoma. What up, Q Pox and Raider Nation? How's it going, y'all? This is Chase out here. Uh, Chase Raider out in Oklahoma. Man, I had to update you, brother. I'm uh, I'm driving right now, heading out to uh, what I like to call Win City. When I told you I left the steakhouse, man. I, I'm focusing on my, my wedding DJ business, man. But uh, I happen to have an opportunity to open up for an interview uh, with uh, one Oakland Raiders organization, man. So I'm headed out there, brother. I couldn't let this opportunity pass me up. Uh just wanted to let you know about that, bro, because I am pumped, man. I couldn't be more excited. I'm heading to Sin City. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes, brother. I'll keep you updated. And uh, that's, my, that's my boy Madden in the back again. He's saying hello. Hey, Raiders, son. Raiders. All right, Q. Appreciate you, man. Well, good luck, my man. Uh, definitely hit us back and let us know if you got the job. Let us know uh, what you need us to do. We're definitely going to celebrate with you and uh, do your thing, man. So uh, shout you out a couple times. So hit us up, 707-654-4693. Make sure you let us know uh, what the final status is. Next call today is from my man Raider Cape Crusader out the DMV, calling in as he was uh, catching up on Friday's show and had some feedback on it and a pretty neat story about his son. Here's Raider Cape Crusader out the DMV. Yo, what up, Q? This is Raider Kate Crusader calling out the DMV. And I just listened to your Friday's podcast, and I want to say, man, don't don't let them haters get you down, man. You're doing your thing. I, like I said, I've been listening to you since November, and this, this is my home, man. I, I respect you because you do speak your mind. You know, regardless if, you know, the nation likes your opinion or not, you're true to your word. And uh, since I've been listening since November, I had my son who was born in December. And I'll just say, man, my man knows your voice. You know, every time I get in my car, your podcast is on my car. So when he gets in my car, he knows. And he'll be crying and fussing before I get him in the car. And as soon as he hears that Locked On Raider podcast, he quiets down. So... I just want to say, man, I'm a fan. My son's your fan. Just just keep doing your thing, man. All right. That's a real cool story, man, and super flattering. I'm telling you, man, it couldn't be a, a bigger compliment saying something like that and knowing that your son is a is a youngster and uh, already recognizes my voice. So that's that's pretty cool. It's like I'm riding with y'all, growing up with you. So that's pretty, pretty cool. But Raider Cape Crusader had another call. He wanted to call back and speak on Derek Carr and give his personal theory on D.C. Hey, uh, Q, I'm calling back. This is Raider Cape Crusader calling out the DMV. Uh, I know that, uh, speaking of uh, opinions and everything, I know that we, uh, some of us don't like uh, Derek Carr and everything. So uh, I, I just want to put some numbers out here on my own personal theory about Derek Carr. All right. So in the last 20 years, the ages of quarterbacks 
to have one Super Bowl. All right. You got Kurt Warner at 30. You got Peyton Manning at 30. Brett Farr at 27. Aaron Rodgers at 27. Drew Brees at 30. Eli Manning at 27. Joe Flacco at 27. Brad Johnson at 34. Elvis Gerbeck at 31. Nick Foles at 29. There's only been three quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl under the age of 27. That's Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson, all right? If you look at their numbers, all right, when they won that Super Bowl, Tom Brady threw for 2,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, all right? But their defense was ranked five. That shows you who carried him to that Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger, when he won his first Super Bowl. All right, 2,300 yards, 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Defense ranked third. The only one that had a decent year at the quarterback spot, Russell Wilson, with 3,300 yards, 26 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. His defense was ranked one. All right, so Derek Carr has not had a defense above 20 since he's been a Raider. All right, so you cannot just blame everything on Derek Carr. It, the stats show that quarterbacks hit their prime time to win a Super Bowl from 27 to 31, all right? Derek Carr's 28. So why would we go and take a quarterback, another one, and have to wait till what, what, three, four years for him to hit that strive and a window to win a Super Bowl at the youngest at 24 instead of just let's just fix our defense and have him have us go all the way with it. Derek Carr's proven that he can go ahead and put up the numbers if he's got the weapons. I, I think the problem on is the God is the defense. But that's just my thought on the situation. That's a really good call right there. Really good theory on Derek Carr. And really, that might be the call and the facts that might shut the Carr debate down. <laughs> nah, it ain't going to shut it down, but it may slow it down. That was a great call. Great facts. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Next up is my man Nico calling out of North Jersey, calling in to speak on the players that he's pumped up to see in 2019. And he has three on defense, three on offense, and then he's going to try to narrow it down to one. Nico in North Jersey. Yo, Q, Raider Nation. It's your boy Nico from North Jersey. Uh, I'm giving a call to the podcast. It is Monday. Um, I was listening to your podcast today, and you posed a question, or somebody else posed a question, sorry. What Raider uh, player or Raider players are you most excited to watch this season? Um, and it's just really tough to dwindle it down because I have so many that I'm excited to watch. But I'm going to give you three from defense and three from offense, and then I'll try to dwindle it down. So one from defense and one from offense. Um, so my three defensive players, number one, Cleveland Farrell. Okay, I'm so excited to watch what he's going to do. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he can shut all the naysayers up and all the doubters up as to why we took him four overall. Um, he needs to help us out this year on the D-line, coming from the edge. So that's my first guy. Number two, Darian Conley. If he can show that he's locked down like last year, if he can go back-to-back season, then this guy's the real deal, Okay. Need a lockdown corner that we can trust, that we that we drafted, because that'll save us money, um, and one that will really take half of the field away. And by half of the field, I kind of mean the one side, okay? And my third, I think I'm going to be the only one that says this, okay? And I was high on him um, earlier in the year, um, 
not really in the year, really in the offseason, Carl Joseph. Okay, I'm so excited to watch him this year. I'm praying, I'm hoping that him, Abram, and Joyner can work together. All three of them rotate. They can all play at once with Joyner in the nickel, um, nickel slot, and I really, really think they can all work together. So I'm really excited to see him for the same reasons um, as Conley. You know, we drafted him. He's a homegrown guy, um, young. I'm hoping we can uh, he can really prove himself this year. Now to the offensive side. First guy, obviously, A.B., Antonio Brown. The guy's a stud. I'm hoping that he can continue or even improve his numbers. I know it's hard to do because he's unbelievable. But if he can just continue the numbers he was putting up in Pittsburgh with our offense and John Gruden, I think that would be unbelievable. So I'm so excited to watch him. I'm also going to agree with you, Q. Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. I think everybody in the world is rooting for him just because of his story, his dual threat out of the backfield, how he can open this offense. I'm, I'm really excited to see Josh Jacobs. And then finally, you guys all know what I'm going to say, right? DC4, Derek Carr. Who's not excited to watch Derek Carr this year? Okay, with the offensive weapons he has, second year in the system, everybody's doubting him. He's going to come off firing this year. I wouldn't be surprised if this was his best year, even better than 2016. Okay? So those are my three from offense, two defense. If I will dwindle it down, I'd probably have to say Carr for offense, obviously. Okay, because everything runs through him. So he's got to put up or shut up. And so I'm really excited to see him. And for defense, I'm going to call Joseph. Okay, again, I'm the only one with him probably. But I really, really think the three of them can work. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think that him and Abram are like the same people. And they can't work together um, in the defensive backfield for us. But I'm, I'm here to say I don't. I don't think it's like that. I don't. I think that Gunther will use them differently. Okay, he'll bring both of them off the edge. Okay, on a blitz, they're both fantastic off the edge on a blitz. Um, and working with Joiner, who Joiner will be in the slot a lot. He can even play free. Carl can play free. He can play in the box. He can play anywhere. I'm excited to see how Gunther uses the rotation of those three safeties. So to answer that question, I'm going DC four for offense because he is the key. That's going to unlock everything for this offense that he needs to put up. And I'm excited to see him with the weapons. And then Carl Joseph for defense, um, hoping that he shows out this year and shuts everybody up, that him and Abram can work together. They're not the same people. Uh, and that will really do wonders for our defense. All right, guys, I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Lots of good picks, man. Cleveland Farrell, Garyon Conley, Carl Joseph, those are all on defense. And then on offense, A.B., Josh Jacobs, and Derek Carr. And then narrowed it down to D.C. and Carl Joseph. Good calls, man. Good calls, very detailed, and uh, I like your reasoning behind that. So uh, next up, A-Train calling on 707-654-4693, the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. A-Train is calling in to share his thoughts on who he'd like to see or who he's pumped up to see in 2019, and I think Nico in North Jersey will be pleasantly surprised. Here's my man A-Train. Yo, what up, you? Heard your question. Uh, what Raiders were trying to uh, look forward to in 2019, obviously. The obvious answer is probably Derek Carr. But I'm not going to go that route. Uh, honestly, you know, I want to see what Carl Joseph is going to do. It's his prove-it year. Um, he's out there trying to get his money. You know what I mean? I don't know what he's going to play or what role he's going to have. But, man, you know, I always like KJ. Um, man, I just want to see what he's all about. Like, I know the dude can play. I mean, he's a first-round pick, granted, drafted by Reggie. We talk about that all day long. But the point is... They call him the hitman. He's the hitman for a reason. The Duke can hit. Like, I want to see Carl Joseph just be stellar, man. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's underrated, but at the same time, he hasn't really performed. But 
Yo, I need KJ to show out this year, man. Anyway, that's my that's my pick is KJ. Anyway, keep it up, Q. Raider Nation, love y'all. A-Train, out. <laughs> he said Derek Carr, but then he didn't go there. And just like Nico, he said Carl Joseph. So uh, Carl Joseph gets a couple votes right there. That should be interesting to see how they use him. Thank you for that call, A-Train. Next one up is Dark Side Ridge in the OC, calling to talk about his comfort level for this team headed in 2019 as opposed to what it was in 2018. Then he gives his hot take on the season and speaks on Richie Incognito, talks about players he's looking forward to seeing in 2019. Here he is, Dark Side Reg, calling out the OC. What up, Q? This is Dark Side Reg, calling out the OC. Uh, calling him because if, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm way more comfortable this year than I was last year. Uh, to me, this year feels different. I've been watching the mic ups on the players and the coaches, like, you won, like the one you played on Monday, and it just seems different from watching them last year. I still think that, you know, we've got a lot of work to do, and I know some of these rookies are going to take some time to develop, and some are going to be day one contributors, but I got a feeling that we might shock the world. So I guess my hot take would be the Raiders, that the Raiders uh, finish 4-2 and two in the division, beating the Donkeys and splitting with the Chargers and the Chiefs and finish 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Uh, I also think everyone needs to relax with the incognito pickup. It's still June, and who says that he's even going to make it to – Monday night uh, against the Broncos week week one. I mean, we all thought Isaiah was going to be around, and we see what happens there. Not that I'm wishing harm on anyone, but this is a sport where injuries happen all the time, and guys get outworked and out-hustled all the time, too. Uh, you never know. Maybe Denzel sets his game up in his name the starter, or Parker turns out to be not a bad move since he's been working out with Gabe all summer. Point is, we don't know because it it's too soon to tell. I do hope that he gets the hope that he needs to get his mind right when it comes to the games and where his focus needs to be because I think we're just using him as a stepping stone for next season. I think uh, when we got rid of Osimile, maybe we realized they wanted to give Colton a little more help on that side with a guy who has a good veteran presence and prides himself in being physical and keeping uh, his quarterback clean. Maybe we use one of our first-rounders on an O-lineman next year, uh, but you know we're just going to have to wait and see. For the players that I'm most excited to see is going to be uh, Gary on Conley. I know you're not big on him, but I think he's going to have a good year for us. And I'm hoping uh, Brandon Marshall has a year like he did in 16 when he balled out. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Josh Jacobs since he's going to be our feature back. Uh, final note to my OC Raider Nation. When the season starts, I need some good recommendations on a Raiders bar in the OC. Uh, I know there was a guy that called in from Long Beach, and I'm not far from there. So if anyone um, in the surrounding area... Uh, knows of a good par, uh, please let me know. Um, but thanks, Q. Keep up the good work. Thanks for putting one of these out every day, and I look forward to every episode. Uh, commit to excellence, Raider Nation. I'm out. Ha, nice. You mentioned Conley and Brandon Marshall, and I was. You're right. I was very skeptical on Gary and Conley when he was drafted. I was actually there at that draft, and at the point, I hated the pick. I was standing right there at the bottom of the steps in Philadelphia, the Rocky Steps. I tell this story all the time, and I thought it was a super reach by Big Reggie. I didn't think that Gary on Conley, with everything he had going on legally, would have been drafted in the first round, so I thought it was a waste of a first-round draft pick, but I'm starting to come around on him, and you know he's kept his nose clean, and he's continued to improve uh, on the field, and especially, uh, especially at the second half of last season, he really started to show who he could be. So if he could become that lockdown dude in 2019, I'm all right with him. Again, I'm really starting to come around. I'm not as angry as I was when they drafted him because, again, I felt like it was a reach at that point. But if he could become that guy, that lockdown dude where he could play that cat defense, and you know what I'm talking about when I say that cat defense, right? 
I got that cat. You take that cat. We're going to lock this thing down. If he can be one of those guys, yeah, I'm all good with that. So uh, definitely appreciate that call, my man. Next up, Big H Raider in Sacktown, Sacramento in the 916. Calling in to speak on my buddy Felix, who let me know he might have to jump ship because of the incognito signing. Here's Big H Raider in Sacramento. Hey, Q, this is your boy, Big H Raider, calling out of the 916 Sacramento. Um, I was just listening to uh Monday podcast, and uh, you talking about uh, your buddy sending you the text about um, Richie Incognito and uh, him being forced to jump ship potentially. Um, I mean, I don't know what kind of Raider fan would jump ship based on one player. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for myself. I was born and bred Raider. So it's in my blood, man. So, um, unfortunately for me, regardless of what's going on in Raider Nation, I'm always going to be a Raider, dude, no matter what. Um, you know, it's been a rough, 15 years, let's just be like that. Um, I'm 36 years old. I can't, I can't speak on, um, the old days. Um, cause I can't, honestly, I can't remember that far back. But, you know, as far as the recency of, you know, the franchise, it's been pretty, it's been, it's been some dark days for Raider fans, man. One winning season in the last, I don't know, 15 something years, whatever. That's tough. Um, but I just I don't have any me. I can't I can't root for another team. I just can't. I'll, I will never feel another way for another team. That way I feel for the Raiders. It's just in my blood. So you know that's my two cents on it, man. Um, like I said, I wouldn't even no disrespect to your boy, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call myself a Raider fan, dude. If you're gonna be like that, jumping shit like that. That ain't a real Raider. Uh, that's not a real fan in my in my book. So, uh, no disrespect. This is my opinion. Um, you know, if it's like that, deuces, man. We don't need you. Raider Nation is super deep. So, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Once a Raider, always a Raider, brother. Unless you jump in shit. Then peace out. All right, man. Big H Raider out. Big H can't even understand how a real Raider fan could change teams because of one signing. And I'll tell, I'll tell you the truth, man. I feel the same way. And really, the part of that text that uh, I got from my man Felix that made me know all I needed to know was him saying jump ship. Because I don't know about you, Raider Nation, but I'm not on a ship. I'm a full-fledged fan. Like Big H said, it's in my blood. I was born this way. This ain't Noah's Ark. I didn't enter this thing two by two. This is who I am before and above everything else, professionally and personally, I'm a Raider. Y'all going to get me going on one of my big, long rants, and I can't do that today because I'm looking at the time, and I realize I'm way overboard. But, yeah, man, again, this ain't Noah's Ark, man. We didn't enter this thing two by two. We got on this thing because we are Raider fans through and through, and, again, nothing can slow that down. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to bring it to the podcast because, you know, I've seen people on Twitter tripping out on the signing and, you know, saying that the team is not racist, but, you know, they went and signed a racist. They were pissed off about that. They didn't go and sign Colin Kaepernick, but they signed 
Richie. And so, you know, there was it kind of not a made a divide, but it kind of made people feel some kind of way. And then when my dude Felix hit me with this text and I thought, man, come on now. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring it to the table. And most Raider fans that have responded to it or even hit me with a tweet or whatever have said, nah, he just ain't no real Raider fan. That's the reason why he's saying that. So I, I got to tend to agree with that. Good call, though, Big H. Appreciate you. UK Raider. He's going to close us out today. He's calling back. I appreciate him. He's calling in to talk about players he's excited to see in 2019. Here he is, UK Raider. That's right. He's calling from the UK. Hey, Duke. It's Andy, UK Raider. Back again. Um, thanks for the love on Twitter about my call. Uh, really love the call, and I'm sorry I talk so fast. And uh, all the listeners probably can understand my English accent, but um, I'm back again. Um, just heard the podcast with the Bears guy. Um, I think you represented the Raiders again very well. Great, listen to that. Um, I thought he gave you a good chance to put everything across and everything. And obviously, we're all still salty about the the Mac trade, but um, no, it was really good, really interesting. Um, just picking up another one of your questions about players I'm looking forward to. Obviously, I'm looking forward to the whole draft class, so I won't expand on that, and I know you talked a lot about Jacobs, which we all want to see, but really looking forward to Jonathan Abram. I think he's going to be a great tone setter for the defence. Really looking forward to him. Like you said, he's going to be an alpha, no doubt about it. He's going to set the tone, and everyone's going to have to follow him. So, really looking forward to him. I'm going to do two defence, two offence, Looking forward to PJ Hall. He's got a, you know, second round pick last year. He flashed. He's obviously in Mohurst's shadow, but he really needs to come on the second year, be fit all the way through the season, get in that rotation, keep in the rotation. And yeah, he's, the potential's there, but is he going to make it? But I really hope he is. Two players in the offense. Really looking forward to see how Colton Miller does this second year. I think he's going to be a lot better. He's bobbed up. I think the line's going to be better for him. So, again, I, you'll share your reservations about cable, but we'll see. Um, and the other place I really want is Tyrell Williams. Um, I think he's going to be a great second receiver. I loved him in San Diego. I think AB's going to take a lot of, lot of the, the shine off him in terms of um, the league corner always going with him. I think he's such a good deep threat. As long as Carr has the time, I think he's going to be really good. So, they're the four players I'm really looking forward to seeing. But obviously, I'm looking forward to all the players, but... Love the podcast, so cute. Great about the downloads for May. Keep it going. And I will ring again soon from a very chilly and rainy UK. Okay, brother. Peace. Good call, my man. He brought up defensively Jonathan Abram and P.J. Hall, last year's second-round pick. Then he went offensive and went with Colton Miller, 2018's first-round pick, and Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver that came over a free agency from the Chargers. All good players right there. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. I'm very intrigued by P.J. Hall because I was pretty high on him last year. A little surprised that they took him in the second round, but... You know, he was there. He was banged up a lot. So I want to see how he emerges in year number two uh, with the Oakland Raiders. And another thing I want to see from him, he was really good in college at Sam Houston State. He was real notorious for blocking field goals and extra point attempts. I think he had 14 in his collegiate career. I want to see if he can get back into doing that in the NFL on the next level. You know, I just want to see if he's able to contribute that way as well. Obviously, you know, you didn't draft him just to block kicks. But if that's something that he could add to his repertoire, if that's something that he could put in his tool belt or take off his tool belt, you know, if that's one of the weapons he's got in the arsenal, then that could be a huge, huge benefit for the Raiders moving forward. So, uh, yeah, P.J. Hall I'm very intrigued by as well. So definitely appreciate all those calls today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the media sessions with Paul Gunther, Tahir Whitehead, Maurice Hurst, and Vontez Burfitt. Uh, uh, yeah, you can always find those on Raiders.com as well. There is no media session for 
today's OTAs, and there's no media session for Thursday's OTAs. But there'll still be some news and notes. There'll be nuggets that I'm dropping out. Got a couple guests that I'm working on getting on the show as well. So uh, we're going to finish off the week strong. We still got Thursday and Friday. Obviously, I'll have more calls on that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So thank you very much for all the support. I say that all the time, and I hope nobody ever takes that for granted. I hope nobody just thinks I'm saying thank you just for no reason. I'm really, really so blessed to be in this opportunity to know that Raider Nation has not only bought into the podcast and listened to the podcast and supported the podcast, but it supported me and, you know, I've come up with great nicknames for me, like my man Most Known Unknown talking about QPOC or the voice of Raider Nation or any of that. That is so flattering, you know, that is so, like, complimentary, and I can never, ever, ever thank you enough, so that's why I try to thank you all the time so you know that I mean it. I always say welcome to the family, but you have welcomed me to the family. Not that I wasn't already a member of Raider Nation, but the fact that you're allowing me to speak for you and speak with you and speak about your beloved Oakland Raiders. So that's that's just an honor for me. I really, really appreciate that. And we're going to continue to make this thing big. We're going to make this thing pop. Uh, that's what we try to do each and every day. So thank you so much, Raider Nation. I appreciate you as always. And until next time, just win, baby. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.